0: Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Schoenstatt Way of Life podcast. I am your host, Julia Monin, and this is the podcast for February of 2020. We are just a little over a week away from beginning another season of Lent, and so it seems fitting for us to spend some time today reflecting on the journey that is quickly approaching us and 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 in a particular way, since this is the should Stop podcast and we are a Marian movement of journeying through this season with Mary and through Mary. And so that's what the podcast is going to be centered about, just some thoughts about, about Mary in the midst of her great suffering and how we can imitate her in greater ways, even in the midst of our trials. And so let us go ahead and put ourselves in the presence of God. I'm going to do that today by reading scripture. This is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verses 25 through 35. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, awaiting the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he should not see death before he had seen the Messiah of the Lord. He came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to perform the custom of the law in regard to him, he took him into his arms and blessed God, saying, now, Master, you may let your servant go in peace, according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you prepared in sight of all the peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and glory for your people Israel. The child's father and mother were amazed at what was said about him, and Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rise of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be contradicted. And you yourself a sword will pierce so that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. I have no doubt that you have sat with this scripture passage time and time again in your own spiritual journey, in your own walk with Christ, and in your walk with Mary, particularly those words of Simeon to the Blessed Mother at this time during the presentation, where he turns to her and says, and you yourself, a sword will will pierce. And thinking about that and thinking about what that would have been like for her to hear that and to know that, and then to continue on this on this process of of raising the child Jesus um, with Joseph, of course, of raising him and building him up and bringing him to this point where she was standing at the foot of the cross, watching him suffer and die. So I have to share something with you that I, I hope this doesn't come across as like um like super dark and twisted and weird because that's not in any way what this was for me in this moment. But it was just I feel like. An inspiration um, from the Holy Spirit, something that the Lord put on my heart, something that perhaps even Mary, you know, was placing there for me to understand better her pain in this in this moment of um, her her son's brutal death and crucifixion. And it was an ordinary moment in our house um, not too long ago. I was in the kitchen putting dishes away, unloading the dishwasher, and my son was standing at the cupboard away from me at a safe distance away but in the room with me and as I pulled out one of the uh, one of the knives from the dishwasher And this is like a knife that I'm like, anytime I'm using it, it's really sharp one. So anytime I'm using it, I'm like, super cautious, like not only with myself, but anybody else in the room, because honestly, like there's this like fear that I'm going to slice my finger off or something when I'm using it. So anyway, I'm putting it away very carefully, right Paying close attention to my surroundings, surroundings, making sure no one is injured as I'm putting this away. And as I do, and I'm putting this knife back in its case, and I look over And I see my son across the room and I have this moment where it's like how tragic that would be if there was some sort of accident, you know, in this kitchen with this knife and with my son. And then all of a sudden it hit me. The sorrow that I was just feeling like in a teeny tiny little way of something that could possibly happen if we're not careful, right, happened to the Blessed Mother on that day at the foot of the cross, And this is what, of course, is prophesied from Simeon to to Mary that day at the presentation in the temple, that you yourself, a sword will, will pierce, right? Not in a physical way, but in this emotional, spiritual, deep, and real way that's so profound because it happened to her son. So here she is at the foot of the cross witnessing her own son, her own flesh and blood being pierced, not by any fault of his own, but for our sins. And she stood at that cross holding that suffering, giving it to the Lord in such a beautiful way that we, all of us, are meant to imitate and meant to look at her as this model. And of course, she has Mary being conceived without sin, being full of grace from the moment of her conception, has a way of handling this situation in a way that far surpasses any way that we will ever be able to handle the own suffering in our own lives, And yet we're meant to look at her, and especially this this Marian movement that we are all a part of teaches us to look at her and to imitate her, even in these moments of her deep suffering. And how many of us have been through deep suffering in our own lives, or perhaps are going through it now when we lose a loved one, when a child is going through some period of suffering, when we're watching a loved one um, pass into eternal life, right? This is deep suffering and deep agony on our own. And we all go through periods of this in our life and there are times that well to put it to just put it bluntly because that's the mood I'm in today to just put it bluntly there are times that we make the situation even worse than what it already is there's this deep, immense suffering. There's this, this tragedy that's taking place. And, and perhaps it is like, like the Lord Jesus' death on the cross, something that is being allowed and ordained by God, something that we're not meant to change, a suffering that we're not meant to take away. And yet we struggle and we twist and we turn and we say, ah, and we make the situation even worse by our um, resistance to accepting it, right? By our resistance to accepting the suffering at hand. And here's the thing. Um, you know, we as Catholics who are striving to grow in holiness and striving to um to to grow in this this state of perfection with with the Lord, we know that we've or we've read about saints who have asked for suffering, right? That they they've come to understand the merit of suffering and how how much it pleases the Lord when we offer suffering up to him that we read about these saints in our church's history that have that have asked for it you know that have asked God for some suffering to take this on that they can hold this part and we look at these stories and we go that's crazy i'm not even close to being in that state where i'm where i'm willing to ask God for suffering but we have to understand that it's not necessarily that we have to get to this point where we ask God for suffering and that that that's what makes us holy that's not it at all so don't get that confused but we, the Lord will bring us to a place, will transition our soul to a place where we don't resist suffering the way we used to, where we embrace it. So we may not be asking for it, and that may not be a place where the Lord ever draws us. And if he never draws you there, it's totally okay. You're not failing. But he does want to draw us all to a place where we no longer resist it, where we accept the suffering that he gives us and perhaps even maybe embrace it. And so this is what I think we can look to at Mary at the foot of the cross. Certainly, she did not want to be witnessing this horrific event. Certainly, watching her son suffer and die was agonizing to her, as it would be to any mother who's watching their son suffer and die. And yet she accepted it and perhaps, yes, even embraced it because she knew it had to be done. And so there was this grace, this torrent of grace that she was receiving from God the Father that was pouring out over her, that was allowing her to remain still, even while this immense suffering was going on. And this is really the message that I want to offer to you on this month's podcast as we enter into this season of Lent, is how might we better imitate the Blessed Mother Yes, in the joys of our lives and in our gratitude and in our love of the Lord, and also in our times of suffering. How can we better imitate her being at the foot of the cross? You see, if we were going to break this on like a scale of one to ten, one being like you're resisting the suffering, you're cursing the Lord as it's going on, you're turning from friends, you're turning from family, and you're doing, and like sin is creeping in and everything is about you and it's become this prideful situation all about you, to ten being like the, the best that we can be doing, which would be like Mary standing at the foot of the cross. How, where are you at right now in that range when a suffering comes your way? Are you more towards the one? Are you more towards the 10? And I'm not asking this as a question to you because this is a moment to judge where you're at and say, well, you're at a one, so you're a terrible person. That's not it at all. But we need to know where we're at in order to get an idea of where we want to go. And that's just a black and white thing. It's good for us to look at our own life seriously. This is why the church encourages us to do an examination, not just before we go to the sacrament of reconciliation, but at the end of every day, because we need to honestly look at ourselves and honestly look at the state of our souls. So this isn't a moment to judge or feel bad about where you are. It's just a moment to reflect on that. Where are you at roughly on that scale Are you kind of towards where you're at the point where you resist any and all suffering, you hate it with a passion, you can't stand it, you can't understand why it exists at all, and you are furious at God that this is even part of our lives here? Or are you creeping, making your way towards where Mary was at the foot of the cross? Not liking the suffering, not being joyful in the suffering, because that's crazy talk, we're humans, we're not gonna be joyful in these, these moments of suffering, but where you are accepting it, and perhaps even embracing it because you know the merit that it holds in God's eyes when you offer this suffering back to him, when you give it to him, when you don't resist what's happening in your life, when you allow his will to be played out in your life. So something for us to think, something for us to ponder, something for us to kind of keep on repeat in the back of our minds and in the depths of our hearts as we journey through this season of Lent is taking the Blessed Mother with us during these times. And Lent is a time where we... You know, we mortify ourselves. And that word mortify means that we we purposely allow some sort of suffering in our lives for some greater good, right? This is what it means to mortify ourselves. So that so we fast and, and fasting creates some sort of suffering. Maybe we give something up that we're attached to that we really enjoy some pleasure, you know, and we give that up, and so that's a suffering when we have to let that go. And so Lent is a time where in some ways we do even ask for suffering right because we enter into these things and we say this is for our better good this is for the betterment of my soul the betterment of all humanity right that these prayers and these sacrifices and it it allows us to grow in our likeness to Christ right who who came as the suffering servant himself right okay so anyway this is this is what this is this is what we're talking about this month and journeying through lent with the Blessed Mother and engaging where we are at on this scale, where we are at in this transition that the, soul, that the Lord is bringing us through this transition and, and allowing this redemptive suffering to take place in our soul and allowing it for some greater good and, and not resisting it, but accepting it and perhaps by God's grace, even embracing it when it finds us. Make sense? Sort of, kind of, really? And I know this is hard and this is like a deep reality um, and, and a deep truth that isn't easy to really grasp, this idea of redemptive suffering. And so we'll continue to unfold this perhaps in future podcasts, but this is, this is just the start of something, of taking this time to journey through this season of Lent with the Blessed Mother, who in this movement, as consecrated children to her, we are meant to imitate her. Yes, even in our sufferings. Make sense? Yes. Okay, so I want to read you something. Um, This is something that I wrote just last week. It was a blog that I posted in the middle of February. And by the way, so I don't forget, if you are interested, In reading my blog, I send out a weekly post. You can subscribe to it on my website, theworldisnoisy.com. There's links all over that website where you can subscribe to my blog so you can get these to your email, directly to your email every week. But this is a blog post that went out last week and it's titled, Not Better, But Worse. It reads, you may not be able to make the situation any better, but your less than saintly attitude can make things worse. I remember writing these words down weeks ago after finding myself in a back-against-the-wall situation and realizing that my pride-driven attitude of trying to fix things instead of simply offering an understanding listening ear wasn't helping the matter. In a providential turn of events, the situation replayed itself recently in my life. Same suffering loved one, same problem, same same temptation on my end to fix— In the midst of the temptation this time around, I quickly found myself repeating the words I wrote down weeks before. Remember, Julia, you may not be able to make the situation any better, but your less than saintly attitude can make this worse. Remain still. Listen, don't fix. Trust that God is in control. And honestly, that's all I've got for you this week. Yep, that's it. Just some simple words of advice that have been on repeat in my own life as I find myself, like Mary, at the foot of the cross, in the midst of suffering loved ones with absolutely nothing besides prayer, love, and a listening, compassionate ear to offer them for help. As scripture tells us, there is a time for everything, yes, even suffering. It's not always God's will to take the pain away, but remember, even though you may not be able to make things better, you most certainly can make things worse. And again, I repeat that this is what we do when we resist the suffering that finds us in our lives, when we fight against it, when we, when we try to deny it, when we curse God in the midst of it, we make this situation even harder and even worse. And so maybe that might be um, something that we can strive for in greater ways this Lent is that when this suffering finds us, that we're, we're trying to train ourselves not to resist it right? That we're not going to be able to take all the pain away, we're not going to be able to take all the suffering away, that we're going to try to get ourselves to just stop resisting it, right? To offer it up to the Lord in this redemptive way that it plays this important part in his plan of salvation for the whole world, right? And that we learn to not only accept it, but embrace it. And just as I said before, just a reminder, that doesn't mean we're asking for it, It just means that we're embracing it when it finds us, okay? So let me read um, scripture that I was quoting there in that blog. Of course, it's from Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8. There is an appointed time for everything and a time for every affair under the heavens, a time to give birth and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot the plant, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep And a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones, and a time to gather them, a time to embrace, and a time to be far from embraces, a time to seek, and a time to lose, a time to keep, and a time to cast away, a time to rend, and a time to sow, a time to be silent, and a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. Remember, my friends, you may not be able to make the situation any better, but your less than saintly attitude can make things worse. So as we wrap up this podcast for another month, Let us turn to the Blessed Mother and and pray together this prayer that we have from our founder, Father Kentenich, this prayer um, of the imitation of Mary. And as we pray the words this time, and as, as we close this podcast for another month, and as we pray these words, let's particularly put ourselves, place ourselves at the foot of the cross next to Mary. And when we pray these words about imitating her, about our longing and our desire to want to imitate her in greater ways, let's particularly think about and ask the Blessed Mother to help us imitate her in greater ways during our times of suffering, that we may become more like her when we, like her, find ourselves at the foot of the cross in the midst of the sufferings that come our way. Okay, know that I am praying for all of you, and I will be in a special way as we journey together through the season of Lent, and I humbly ask you to pray for me as well. And now let us close and pray together the imitation of Mary. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Let us walk like you through life. Let us mirror you forever. Strong and noble, meek and mild, peace and love be our endeavor. Walk in us through our world. Make it ready for the Lord. Think in me, O Mother, that my thoughts be clear and bright. Speak in me, O Mother, that my speech be true and right. Work in me, O Mother. My work is then well done. Then holy is my labor, my rest, a holy one. You penetrate my being, fill every part of me, that all your ways and conduct in me each one can see. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.